Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a psychologist, sex and intimacy coach, advanced, accredited, gender, sex and relationship diversity therapist. And I've been working with people for the past 30 plus years to help them create and maintain exciting relationships filled with sizzling sex without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet, one letter at a time. And this week, the letter is T, and T is for topping. And I am joined by Sadistrix, who's been involved with polyamorous and kink communities for many years. She's very passionate about building bridges within the polyam and kink communities and being a part of its education, collaboration, and growth. For the last four years, she's been the owner and director for a private BDSM event called KGN, which is Kinky Geek Night, which I love the name of, and takes pride in being the first African-American woman to own a kink event of this size in her area. She's been on BDSM information panels for two of the UW colleges, taught classes on diversity in kink and primal play, and pre-COVID also held a monthly munch called Sunday Shenanigans, where different topics were dissected and discussed. It's a true joy for her to pay a part in helping to make the Madison, Wisconsin kink and polyamorous community the wonderful, welcoming place it is. Welcome to the show. Good morning. So today we want to talk about topping. And I use topping deliberately to make sure that we were extending from just dominance mm-hmm. um, because because I find that people often sort of forget the top-bottom dynamic, which is restricted to a scene as opposed to something that may be um, outside of a scene, um, a dynamic in the bedroom or sure. a dynamic in full life. So sure. what do you think, what do you think it's most important for people to know about topping? I think it's important to keep in mind that <clears throat> you don't have to be a dominant to top. I happen to be a dominant to top, <laughs> but you don't have to be. And that um, everybody can explore their own um, worlds in, in a way that uh, suits them. We talk about kink being customizable. And a lot of times people get into this mindset of if you're going to top, you have to be a dumb. And if you're, if you're going to be submissive, you have to be a submissive. And it's just not true. Um, we can explore all of these avenues any chance or any time we choose and uh, kind of see what works for us and, and get an idea of what it feels like from this side and that side. Maybe you're a switch. Maybe you like both. Um, and you can do those type of things. Putting yourself in one box and not allowing yourself to explore um, may be um, prohibiting you from some really fun times. I completely agree. I mean, I I am I, I am a bottom. Period. I, I've right. tried topping. I've tried topping. I'm god awful at it, um, mm-hmm. with one exception, um, which is if directed by the dominant that I'm with, and that it's got a specific dynamic to it and a specific energy to it. Sure. And I can, I can pull it off then, yeah. you know, but I'm, but otherwise, if you leave me to my own devices, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just got awful. It, it's, it's embarrassing. And, and um, although quite amusing sometimes for, for the dominant people in my life, it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it just doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't come naturally to me. However, there are lots of people that I know who are, um, 
dominant in their relationships and have a bottoming thing they enjoy. Sure. For example, they like getting flogged. Sure. And so we'll have their property flog them. Yeah. So their property will be topping then because they enjoy that experience of bottoming. And it's always interesting. I mean, it looks somewhat different than it does when it's out of your own dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels somewhat different. But it, it for me, what's wonderful about it is it gives you, as you say, the opportunity to really feel out what kinds of things do you enjoy and what kinds of things don't you enjoy and not to feel as though you have to be locked in a box because Mm -hmm. for the most part you are dominant or for the most part you are submissive. And I am, I am definitely more dominant, but when I first started out, I definitely dabbled in, in what submission felt like. Um, When I first got in, I, I wanted, this is what I thought it was. And I tried the things out and just like you're saying, it wasn't for me. It just wasn't who I, who I am. It didn't feel right. I didn't like it. Um, but when I explored toppy, toppy stuff, then I was like, ooh, I, I like this angle. This angle works. And kind of explored my sadistic side. And, of course, with consensual players. Um, and found that topping was something that I really enjoyed. Um, not so much being in a DS dynamic. But at events, um, topping for different scenes that people asked me for was something that I really just love and I cherish it and oh, so much fun. <laughs> so that, I mean, I love that you said, I love that you said that though, because one of the advantages to talking about this in terms of topping is is that if if you are open to taking on a role for a scene, which is really what topping and bottoming are, you're mm-hmm. taking on the role for the scene, mm-hmm. then um, it makes going to events and meeting people a different situation. What you're negotiating there is a very short-term mm-hmm. negotiation. It's a very short-term agreement. It's got nothing to do with any kind of lasting relationship dynamic. It may not even involve... Um, um, before and afters, right? Mm-hmm. It, may, yeah, be, for it sure. may be maybe a very quick negotiation quick and after care may be negotiated away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, and um, absolutely, uh, we, would, <laughs> we would call that farming out aftercare. So I yep. would ask if I was going to be doing lots of scenes during an event, um, I would make sure that they had a proper person to give them the aftercare they might need afterwards. Um, and, th- th- so, you know, that was part of the negotiation. Right. So, I mean, and I don't think people are aware that that's something that that um, not only you can do, but often happens is yeah. that that not every person who's topping buys in f- for the aftercare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you're bottoming, you need to be really clear about what you need um, yes. and you need to be really clear with the person you're negotiating with about what you need and be willing to accept that they may say, okay, then I'm, I need to know who you're going to get that from because mm-hmm. it's not going to be me. And some mm-hmm. people have real difficulties with that. They feel uncomfortable getting aftercare from a person who's different from the one who um, did the thing, right? right. The, one, the, the person the one that who was topping. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
you know, the one, the one who, I mean, I've heard this more from people when they've had a, a quite heavy scene um, mm -hmm. with lots of sadism and lots of masochism that getting right. aftercare from somebody other than the sadist that beat the shit out of them is difficult, right? Um, it could be, sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it actually can be difficult for the top. That's very true because you, you know, you need to check in. You need to know that what you've done uh, during the scene has not broken them, that they enjoyed it, that um, uh, they still love you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, that they, and that your relationship is okay. That uh, they, there's they a little like bit you. of guilt with all the sadistic things that people ask you to do. There can be this internal guilt of, oh, God, uh, not only did I do this thing, but I really enjoyed it. You seemed like you enjoyed it, but can I, can I give you a hug? Can we, can we just sit and talk and drink some water and uh, check in? Yeah. I think that's a really important one to talk about because sometimes people forget that the top may have feelings about sure. everything that they're doing. And, and in fact, usually does have feelings about everything mm -hmm. that they're doing and they may not be a hundred percent comfortable. And for a lot of tops that I've uh, spent time with, spoken with, been around, it's really important that the bottoms see them later as their normal selves Mm -hmm. and are able to relate to the normal self person to right. validate that, you know, human that's caring and empathic and all those things and not sadistic. Right. And, and, and right. I also heard that, at least in, in my circle, that he, um, intense humiliation scenes make that more necessary, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more so than some of the physical stuff that like For when sure. you've torn somebody down emotionally, that that feel it feels much more important to kind to build of that. Mm -hmm. build that build that, it back up yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the check-in process is always really important um it has always been an important part for me when i'm topping i'm not just um talking about negotiations and going through the scene but checking in during the scene checking in during aftercare if you're giving it and they want it but also the next day the next week um checking in and making sure that uh, the person that you're playing with is doing okay. How are those bruises doing? You know, how, how was coming down? Um, are you, are you having an event drop, you know, uh, or dropping from subspace? Those type of things are always really important to just keep checking in. Um, some people require more of that than others. Some people are like, no, that was good. And they skip along on their way, grab some, some water and <laughs> go somewhere else like but other people um really appreciate kind of having that that consistent check-in so from what you're saying it sounds like you you're still even as a top rather than as a dominant in a relationship still taking responsibility for the person um to a degree i a do a little bit yeah but that doesn't mean everyone does right for sure um but i'm i'm very uh, it's just who I am to care about a person down the road and continue to think about them. Um, I want to play with the same, same people because that's a lot of fun. And it's not that I won't invite new people to play, but if I've played with somebody more than once, we've built some friendships and some bonds probably even before then. So I'm going to care how they feel down the road um, and during and yeah. that helps build that relationship of trust so that if I take something too far during scene, I know, I know they will call yellow. And if they had to, they would call red and feel comfortable doing that. And that makes me feel safe. And that's a really important point. Um, and that, you know, one of, one of the crucial bits 
in episodic play and even more so in than in play when you know somebody well is making sure that you have clear safe signals mm-hmm. um, because you don't know the person well you're, right. you're you know you're not necessarily able to read them and it's not just about keeping the bottom safe people forget that it really is about keeping the top safe that a bottom who won't call their uh, red who won't won't use their safe word is uh, is an unsafe bottom yes that somebody who puts the top at risk and that feeling of uh, that they have to compete with other um, bottom bottoming type people um, about who can take the most and who can push the furthest. It doesn't necessarily make you safe or cool. It makes you dangerous, in my opinion. Uh, you don't need to compare yourself to anybody else. You don't need to do what uh, Susie Q over there can do. You do what feels right for you and your body, and we'll push and work up from there in a way that's comfortable for you. And that's just as fulfilling for a top um, as, as going real hard on someone and getting all the girl out. Uh, we want you to be happy. We want you to enjoy it. We want you to come back. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, I mean, the risk is, is that you end up facilitating somebody perpetrating harm. Yeah. Because you haven't said, Hey, yeah. Enough. Um, and so, I, I mean, people say this all the time. I think it's always worth reiterating this. Anybody who tells you um, that, that you're negotiating with, who tells you you don't need a safe word or you shouldn't have a safe word <laughs> or you shouldn't use your safe mm-hmm. word is somebody that you don't want to let put hands on you ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, not in a million years. Yep. Um, yep. That's somebody who's unsafe. Um, mm-hmm. And and they may not have an unsafe motive, right? Not sure. that They may not be an evil person. They just think so much of themselves that they believe that they know and, mm-hmm. and that the arrogance there is what's unsafe. It really is. When ego takes over, accidents happen. And um, it happens with people that are in perceived positions of power in the cake community. They, they get this excellent, huge kind of reputation with their name and suddenly they can do no wrong. And now all the new people want to play with them because they're quote unquote safe. And um, that ego takes over. And if you don't have something uh, some safe words involved or nonverbal safe words involved, um, they could do real damage and then never know that they even violated your consent because you're not going to tell them because you wanted to push all the things. I mean, if you combine those two issues together, that could just be a recipe for huge disaster. It is disastrous. So um, we're going to take a break now and we'll come back in a couple of minutes after some words for our sponsors and pick this up there. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. 
we also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, clinical trials, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is Tia's for Topping, and this is segment two, and I'm joined by Sadistrics. So Hello. before the break, we were talking about um, the recipe for disaster of somebody who's got, you know, who's very well known and perceived as safe, and mm-hmm. a new person who wants to try and do all the things and therefore doesn't either, it doesn't use. Mm -hmm. a safe word doesn't wants to push all the limits yeah when they don't use a safe word because they think this person that is in a perceived position of power uh, knows what they're doing and they want to um, they kind of want to show off that they can take anything and everything with this person and that person has been told to them that they are safe Um, there are so many things that can go wrong um I no longer do pickup play at events um, since beginning of owning my event because I knew that I would be in a perceived position of power and I didn't want um, to ever make a mistake with a, with a new person. Um, I wanted to make sure that I had a relationship with them, um, that we had had a long-standing, uh, some long-standing conversations, knew each other fairly well. Um, I don't ever want to I'll direct new people to people I think are safe to play with, safer to play with. And those are all people uh, who have good negotiation skills and know how to slowly work somebody into a scene um, and start where they're, where they're at instead of starting where, you know, somebody that's been bottoming forever has been. So. I mean, but even so, I mean, even, I mean, the, the assumption is, is that if somebody has been bottoming forever, that, um, you know, starting where they're at isn't as important, but actually, you know, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that people make with experienced players, and I'm an experienced player, and I've certainly been in this position, is thinking that um, because you're an experienced player, you'll adapt to whatever they do right off the get. 
And, Ooh, yeah. and, and the reality is that um, particularly if you've not played with somebody before or if you've not played with them for a while, mm-hmm. everyone needs a fucking warm up. Let's just oh, be every single person. This. Yes. The whole yes. world needs a warm up. And, and mm-hmm. the idea that like, you know, because I had a reputation and people would know that I could, I could be quite a heavy bottom, you know, mm-hmm. that you could just come in and, and use your full take capacity on me yeah. and take a whack at it. And then I would be okay with that. And, and the yeah. scene would go well. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sure way to stop a scene real quick. Absolutely. Like it, it's, it's, it, it also highlights the fact that somebody doesn't understand how people's bodies work. You know, to go. They're not respecting your your autonomy at all, or even negotiations. Any scene, you're absolutely right. Should have warm ups. Period. It doesn't matter if you're brand new. Um, It doesn't matter if you're a heavy masochist. Um, Everybody needs those steps in order to get the skin ready and their muscles ready, and to be in a headspace where it feels yummy and turned on. And yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or or otherwise it doesn't. Otherwise it's not fun. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's when you start, that's when you end up with situations where um, people feel their consent has been violated and, and, Absolutely. and you end up in all sorts of issues. I mean, and so, you, you know, consent for people who don't know in this sort of situation is a negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Consent isn't a, are you okay with this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, tops it, end up taking the responsibility for leading that discussion. So if you're not practiced at doing that, get some education at how to do that. For sure. Um, And ask good questions. And, you know, there are different printouts that you can find online, but I say take a printout if you've never done it before um, and read through it and then add to it. There are lots more uh, per person uh, that you might need to discuss that you might not have thought about. Like if they have any uh, physical uh, limitations that you might need to be aware of, uh, medications that they might be on. Um, how, did they just take a scene yesterday? Did, did you just seen yesterday or have you seen earlier today? Are there any abrasions? I, there's so much that needs to go into negotiating um, that people literally can have booklets. <laughs> Of, of negotiating for big scenes and little scenes. I mean, I, you know, you can revoke that consent at any time during the play ever. If, if you're not feeling like something's going right. Right. And, and, and I mean, I think one of the ways of practicing is to go and, and um, talk to practice with somebody who's an experienced bottom. If you're a top and you're not used to leading negotiation, practice with somebody who's an experienced bottom that you're not going to play with yeah. necessarily just That's go through excellent. a mock negotiation. And, you know, if somebody does that with me, I will say, okay, well, you didn't ask. I'm mm-hmm. complex. So I'm a good person. You know, I'm a good person to do that with. I've done it when I taught classes on negotiation. I'm a good person to do it with because I'm a complex bottom because I've got medical conditions and I'm on medications. And so there's all sure. this sort of stuff that a person needs to know that I will volunteer, but that you can't. The thing is, you can't rely on someone volunteering. Mm-mm. Not because they're being obnoxious or horrible or terrible, because they may not know you need to know that. If they're they may new, not have even thought about it. Yeah, that's right. If they're yeah. new, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're yeah. new, they have no idea what you need to know. And it also depends on the scene you're, you're topping. Right. Sure. If you're topping a simple flogging scene. Right. 
that's one thing. If you're doing something complex with humiliation or with, with exchange of fluids or, you know, um, water or sports needles. or something or needles or, or you know, suspension, <laughs> like suspension, like each one of those negotiations is going to be different. And those are really complex. Mm-hmm. And you really need to be very, very clear about what the physical condition of your partner is and recognize that even if you do everything right and they're in fine shape and they tell you there are, they can still be damaged. Absolutely. Like what people have to remind themselves of is this is not safe. It's Mm -hmm. safer rather than Mm -hmm. safe. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how often people forget that. Right. I I literally just did a video uh, a couple days ago uh, people kept saying, they, they asked how to get into the event. And so I was talking about the things that I do to kind of vet people through background checks, blah, blah, blah. And people kept saying, oh, that sounds so safe. That sounds so fa- safe. And I had to literally do a video and say, look, I appreciate that so much, but don't be lulled into a false sense of security about events, about people, period, who you play with. No one, no event, no one is ever 100% safe. We just aren't. People make mistakes. People forget things. People drop the ball. Events do their best. But that doesn't stop predatory behavior. Like, you still have to stay frosty. You still have to stay vigilant, no matter who you're with, no matter what event you're at. I mean, I think that that what people need to realize is that no one person is responsible. Right. So, um, so again, we started with, you know, tops tend to take responsibility for the overall um, well-being of the person that they're topping. Right. Mm -hmm. But as a bottom, one has to take responsibility for oneself. Yeah. So we're equally 100 percent responsible in that situation. Agreed. Yeah. And I and I think that often people where the fall down is for people often is they don't take responsibility for themselves. Sure. Um, On any side, right? Right. Um, You know, if if you're going to do something, understand what it is you're going to do. Think about it first. Don't be impulsive. Be willing to do some of your own research, not not just into whatever play that you're going to get involved in, but also the person that you want to get involved in with, in it with. Um, And it's one of the reasons why I tend to play with people I know friends, people I care about. I know that they're going to put in the work and they know I'm going to put in the work to make it a fun, safe scene. So what about for people who don't know people um, and they're wanting to start out topping? um, What kind of advice would you give somebody who's wanting to start out topping? One of the things I started doing when when I first decided this was the avenue I wanted to go. Um, I did go to a lot of events. I watched a lot of people. I went to Kinky College. I I went into classes there. Clearly, you can't do that as much during a pandemic, but there are definitely some classes online um, that you can be involved in. Uh, But one of the things that I would do is I would try instruments out on myself. I'm trying this rhythm. I'm trying this implement. I want to see what it feels like. I want to see what power I have behind it. I'm going to try these things on myself. And, and I'm not a masochist, so it's not like it was my favorite, but I really felt like I needed to have an idea of what my power is, um, okay. what my pace feels good at. Um, so th- the second thing is once, you, once you've been to – um, an event. 
um, or lots, and you've kind of gotten a chance to see people is putting yourself out there and letting people know honestly where you're at um, in your topping experience. You can say to someone who uh, is a someone who enjoys bottoming, hey, and this can be part of your negotiation, I really don't know how to do this, but I really want to get some practice. I really want to learn. Um, would you be willing to allow me to try this thing? Now, like with flogging, the, the very first thing I tried on were, were pillows. Like it wasn't just myself. When I was throwing it, I was trying it over there on some pillows that were tied to a, uh, a chair <laughs> so that I would kind of have an idea of what wraparound looked like because I kept hearing this word wraparound and how it's so horrible. I wanted to know what that was. I wanted to know, uh, you know, kind of a pace. But being honest with anybody that you're interested in, in playing with, because you can't get experience until you get experience, right? Right. Um, you have to let them know where you really are. Don't pretend that you know more than you do. That's when mistakes happen. Absolutely. So let them know where you're at. A lot of people would be like, yeah, you've never done this. Oh, I'd, I'd love to. And they can give you feedback during your scene. Right. Um, this felt good. This didn't feel good. I'll ease up here. And if you're willing to take direction and learn without ego, you're good to go. Cool. We're going to talk more about this when we get back after this break. This is great. And see you in a couple minutes. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. When looking to heal relationships, each partner has to take responsibility for how they may escalate a negative interaction. When our childhood trauma is triggered, our instinct is to protect ourselves and react defensively. If we learn to recognize these triggers, we can begin to hear our partner's side and facilitate a connection. Ask Arlo host, Arlene Majorano, connects with guests and her listeners to find a common ground. The first step in promoting the healing power of relationships. Listen on Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is T is for Topping and this is segment three. And I'm here with Sadistrix. And before the break, we were talking about um, 
her advice to people who are new to topping. And the last thing you said, which I thought was really important, the last thing you were talking about was how important it is to be honest with people about your experience level and that sometimes you will find an experienced person who's willing to mm-hmm. give you feedback. Um, and, and there are actually lots of bottoms out there who will do that. Absolutely. Um, they know that they're not going to go as deep into subspace in a situation like that or sure. even at all because they're keeping their head to be able to give you feedback about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are plenty of people who would do it as long as you're honest with them. And it doesn't even need to be a complete scene. What, 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 I, was, what I was saying was, uh, so you don't even, you, you're negotiating, I need to learn. So these are the instruments that I would like to learn uh, to use more efficiently excuse me, or more safely. Um, And in the bottom, or even another top, to be perfectly clear, might allow you to do these things so that you can learn uh, better about uh, how to do it and how hard to do it and uh, and, uh, how to safely do it. And they'll stop the thing and say, okay, you need to change up here. This is, let me show you what I'm talking about. And they can go and show you too. Like people in the kink community are in my experience, I guess I should say, have been very willing to teach others their craft. They enjoy teaching others their craft, something that they're good at, something that they've got a lot of experience in. Um, and, and so just asking and then being willing to learn without ego, uh, knowing that you're not going to be the best of the best um, and that you're always going to have something to learn, that's where your headspace needs to be. Yeah, and, and and I think that's so important is that we all always have something to learn. And this yes. is an ongoing process. You know, you don't stop learning. It's the people who think that they know everything where we start to worry about mistakes because that yeah. that you stop being conscious of um, where you need to improve. You're more at risk for mistakes. And you may be really good at, for example, flogging. But everybody who's bottoming for you may be different. And so each scene is still going to be different. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so keeping that, that ego in check and that I can do it all in check is really important. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, and, and make no mistake, it's not easy to describe certain sensations that sure. we experience. And, and so it may not be easy to describe in a negotiation what kind of thing you like or don't like. Mm-hmm. Right. You may try your best and then a person still does, unless it's like, don't hit me in this particular area. Right. Right. I, right. I, you know, I mean, like there was a there was a time if you hit me just under the neck and in the back between the shoulder blades, you were guaranteed to have me come off trying to kill you. I mean, I just oof, it, oof. It, it it was a trigger for me and I knew trigger, it was yeah. and I knew it was a trigger and I said it was a trigger and I would negotiate and I would say very clearly, this is a trigger. Do not hit me there unless you're trying to trigger me and don't do that unless I've given you permission. Right. Right. So, you know, this is what you need to know. And I remember somebody I was, uh, I was, I brought a a group to a club and I was asked to be a demo bottom. And I remember saying to the person quite clearly, you know, don't do this. This is a trigger. And the first thing that this person did was right there. And I, I turned around like this and then, and, you know, calm myself down. And I said, okay, that's me stopping the scene, right? That's it. Right. Yeah. That's it. You're done. You didn't um, listen to the one thing. That's right. And <laughs> and she was really angry because she was like, why would you embarrass me like that? I said, I told you there's one place not to hit me. Just one. Right. 
what did you expect? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we negotiated that. And she was like, well, but I thought if, you know, it would be a good way to get you past the trigger. I was like, oh, my <gasps> God. Oh, no. And I was, you know, it was not somebody I was oh. in a relationship with. It was just somebody I was friends with. I was like, who made you? The arbiter who gets of, to decide how you deal with with any sort of trigger or trauma. Yeah. You, look, you just don't hit yeah. the one spot. That's really yeah. easy. I know <laughs> it was. It was a really easy direction. Like you can flog oh. everywhere else. I'm happy for yeah. you to flog everywhere else, just not that one yeah. spot. And, and you know, so I mean, mm. I think it's important. You know, when when we talk about ego, you are deciding with someone's consent. It doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong in withdrawing their consent. They have a right to withdraw it at any time. Absolutely. And, and you need to actively listen to what the person is telling you. Actively listen. Yeah. Yeah. Because, they, because mm. people don't say things for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I would never have let a new person go near that person after that. Because I was like, yeah, yeah you, you don't listen. You're not listening and you don't pay attention to what people need. And I'm, I'm pretty good at managing myself. So there was nothing bad that happened, but somebody else there might've been, you know, well, not only were they not listening, but then they used the excuse of I was listening, but I decided that you needed to be over it. Right. And I'm like, but, yeah, but you don't that's have control. Ridiculous. That, yeah. You don't have control over me. <clears throat> the only mm-hmm. person that gets to do that is, 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 the person that I, my master, who I'm in, you know, a 24 seven relationship with, and even he would never do something like that. Right. You know, well, I, I don't decide you have to be over this. I talk to you about the fact that this trigger is causing you a problem. And then we decide together Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not a trigger anymore. Um, Do you want, right. Do you want to move through it? And how do you want to move through it? That's right. I'm going to get you over this by just continuing to do this. Oh, oh. Oh, right. That, that, <laughs> like that angers me. I know okay. it, it, it. I mean, it is infuriating. And but it yeah. is it. But it is definitely an attitude that 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 sometimes people who are in dominant roles have mm-hmm. that they know better. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, you don't period. Mm-hmm. You still don't. I don't care what kind of relationship you're in with somebody you don't know better. Right. Yeah. You're we not going always better than the person that's in their own body. Yep, we always and you can't know. take matters into your own hand on that. Yep, and I mean, I know it's nice and romantic to say he or she or they know me better than I do. I do mm-hmm. myself. That's lovely yeah. and romantic. It's also yeah. not true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to burst the bubble. It's not true. That doesn't um, mean that they can't teach you some new things about yourself, but you're going to yep. know yourself better than they do. Absolutely. And so it's really important. It's that's one of the reasons why, you know, one of the things that you're doing in the negotiation, one of the things that tops are doing in the negotiation is evaluating the bottom, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, is this person, does this person feel safe to play with? Mm -hmm. Are they coming across as honest and forthcoming? And the the bottom is doing the same thing. Like you should be. Okay, on yeah. that, this is one of my few shoulds. I don't like to give people shoulds, but you should be. You wow. should be evaluating the person up until the point you're actually, you know, entering the scene. You should be evaluating whether this is a trustworthy person, whether this is a person that you can um, put your faith <clears throat> in, in in a scene and allow. To, you, you're, you're giving up control. So you yes. have to say, can I hand over to this person? Well, 
<laughs> and you shouldn't feel bad about it. And you should never feel guilty about saying no once you've been through negotiations. Like if you've decided we're negotiating this thing and I don't think this person is somebody I should play with. <clears throat> you should never feel bad about saying, you know what? I'm sorry, that's not going to work. Uh, you are literally uh, being willing to hand over your mind and your body, uh, your emotional well-being for the duration of this scene don't ever feel bad for taking whatever steps and all the steps you feel is necessary to keep yourself safe. And the person that you're playing with <clears throat> should be doing the same for you. You're absolutely right that, that it's kind of like interviewing each other. Um, you're gathering all the information and you want to see, is this going to be a good match? Do I think that I can fulfill what this person's looking for? Do I think that they can fill, fulfill something for me? Uh, are, what are we both getting out of this? Uh, are we negotiating that? Like all the, oh, there's so it's so complex, but also so so important that it's worth every minute that you spend on it. And I think that's important for people to hear that even when you're topping, even when you're not negotiating a contract for a relationship, that you're mm -hmm. it's negotiations are still complex. Very. Mm -hmm. Even when this episodic negotiations are still complex. Now, I know there are people who do very quick negotiations. Sure. And they feel comfortable doing that. Sure. Especially then, if you've played with them many times. Right. And I mean, if you played with someone a lot, then you're fine with that. But uh, there are people who will do that no matter who they're playing with. But then you have to take responsibility for yourselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you choose to be quick, if mm -hmm. you choose not to go in depth, then you have to recognize that you're choosing a higher level of risk that something's yeah. going to go wrong and a higher level of risk that something's major is going to go wrong. And then that's on you. It is. It is. Yep. Um, I had a, a person once in the dungeon uh, who wanted to play with one of their favorite tops and they'd played before, <coughs> if I remember correctly. Um, but she decided that she was going to leave on her pajama onesie. And for this, for this play scene, and it was an impact scene. Well, you'll never guess what happened uh, when you're in your onesie and you're in a dungeon and it's hot and you're getting impact. Of course she fainted and they both felt horrible, um, but they didn't, they didn't even take the time to negotiate that scene. It was, Oh, we've played together. We're just going to jump in. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just do it. Now, luckily, there, you know, there were people that, that caught her on her way down. She didn't hit her head, but that could have turned into a huge mess just because we didn't talk about uh, what you're wearing during an impact scene or negotiate in any way. She right. it turned out she had she had also uh, had two scenes previously. So she was already ramped up. Right. Um, right. So, so and if negotiation you know that, key. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to take our last break. We'll be back with the oh, last sure. part after some messages from our sponsors. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week, it is T is for Topping, and I'm with the districts. And we left off talking mm-hmm. about the importance of um, negotiation, which may, like, we may talk more about. Uh, I mean, I think. I think um, I don't think we can put too fine a point on it. I think it's it's, yeah. it's huge. It's the biggest part of doing something that's episodic is the negotiation. Yeah. <clears throat> so you were talking about sometimes uh, people taking less time to negotiate scenes. Well, one of the things that I took from an event called Kinky College was this idea called uh, tapas. And tapas, uh, you know, the, the the real name has to do with trying lots of little different foods, right? Well, right. Uh, for tapas, for kink, it was trying different stations. So there were lots of different stations around the dungeon, and the lights were on, and the music is off, and it legitimately is just the idea of going station to station with an experienced top, or an experienced top would be at every station, um, and trying something out for a very short amount of time just to get an idea of what it feels like this isn't a full scene this is i'm going to show you what this feels like period five minutes or less we still had sheets that were printed out for each sec for each station saying you know this is the negotiation um you know this is the idea behind it if you're not sure make sure to tell Make sure to tell this rope person if you have joint issues. Make sure to tell uh, the person who's doing um, needles needles for people. Make sure to let them know uh, if you have nerve damage anywhere. Or if, we, we really went to each station and made sure that each station still had a sign that said, these are the things that you should be aware of before you try this thing. And if these things aren't true for you, you should not try this thing. If you had a knife play scene earlier, please don't go to this flogging station. Just, it's so important to at minimum take uh, some 
accountability for the risks involved with each thing that you choose to do. Um, to be risk aware of the pot potential for this to harm you. And that's just little five minute scenes. Right. And if, if it's something like a five minute scene can include that much information, if you're planning on doing something, anything serious and in depth, and this is your body, then really take the time to make sure that you're keeping yourself safe too. As a top, do you, um, do you get people to sign anything? Because I know some tops, if they're going to do complex scenes, they actually have people sign. It's like a, it's like a, a contract and it says mm-hmm. what, what they've negotiated, what they've agreed, what's yeah. happening and includes what the aftercare is or isn't. And then everybody signs it at the time. I know, I know some tops that have. Um, I haven't, but I haven't done any super complex scenes that I felt that was necessary with. If I was going to get involved with a kidnapping scene, um, or if I was going to get involved with a CNC scene at an event, um, I might be more cautious about that, or maybe even knife play. If I were going to do that mm-hmm. at an event, I, I might have some sort of signature saying, yes, we all agree to this thing. Um, so I would never tell anybody don't. Because if that's where their comfort level is, do it. Um, but again, I it's been so long since I played with somebody new. Um, well, that, yeah, that I I don't. The people I play with, I'm very comfortable with. I trust. They trust me. Not that that fixes everything, but it feels better. Yeah. No. I mean, I I personally, uh, my um, after you know, 40 plus years of experience doing stuff like this as, yeah. as, as a bottom, I would say I would never um, have the kind of scene like a kidnapping or a consensual non-consent uh, scene with somebody that I didn't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where I would have to sign an agreement. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like there are yeah. some people I can think of two people who I would love to play with that. I don't know very well. I actually know them at still, mm-hmm. I mean, but I don't know them very well. We don't have, you know, we know each other to say, hello, how are you? How's your family? Right. Um, so it's a kind of an acquaintanceship. And um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even consider doing those types of scenes with sure. them because I don't know them well enough. Mm-hmm. For me, erring on the side, not that I'd be allowed to. Let's be clear about this. I wouldn't be right, allowed right, to. Right, right, right. Because erring on the side of caution is to be really clear that the higher the risk in just the activity, meaning that even if you all think you do everything right, there's still a risk something will happen. Yes. Um, and, and for those of you who don't un- realize this, let's be clear about this. Breath play is one of those things. Mm-hmm. I know it everybody sure thinks it's really easy and it's wonderful. And you see a million videos Mm-mm. with the guy Mm-mm. just going and grabbing her windpipe and everything right. is fine. Breath play is unbelievably risky. Even if you hold your own breath for two minutes or Thank more, you. you can have uh, the, the lack of oxygen that gets to your brain can be detrimental to you. Right. Yes. So yes. it, it's, it's incredibly risky. It's so easy to hit the wrong spot in the neck. It's so easy for somebody to have a vasovagal response that you don't expect and, and have it not just be passing out. Now, some people will just pass seizures. out. Other people, other people have seizures. Mm-hmm. Their heart stops. I mean, yep. there are, it's so easy um, that no matter how much fun that is, you have to understand that that's one of the highest risk activities you can partake yeah. in. Yeah. And so – if you are willing to take that level of risk, I would be suggesting that you don't take that level of risk 
as a top or as a bottom with someone you don't know and aren't in a committed relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I did say committed relationship. I think it's crazy to take that level of risk. Um, And particularly if you you belong to certain cultural groups. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a murder charge. Yep. Just saying. I mean, just them passing out and hitting their head could be a murder charge. Yep. Yep. Right there. Mm-hmm. And that won't matter if they've signed on the dotted line. It, it will it make really no doesn't. difference whatsoever. <clears throat> and so when you're asking about signatures, uh, that's kind of where my mind goes with it, too, is that when when you're negotiating a scene, you are, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're negotiating a scene, you are really taking all of the steps that you think you need to take and really dissecting what it is that's going to happen so that you both feel comfortable going into it. But the truth of the matter is, Either one of you can decide to stop the scene at any time for any reason. And so signing on the dotted line for me, for me personally, not anybody else, but for me personally, having somebody sign on the dotted line for everyday play um, doesn't make sense because I can stop the scene if I need to. And if they need to stop the scene, um, they can. And there's tons of things that could pop up that neither of us have thought about that that signing your name on this document, it doesn't nullify you or me from any um, accountability that we need to take for mistakes we may have made. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, we are coming up to the end of the show in a few minutes. Um, I want you to let people know where they can find you if they want to see more of you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, I TikTok. I, so I TikTok a lot. Um, Sadistrics with a capital X is where I'm on most media platforms. Um, I have a YouTube channel, but I'm not really as active on it as I need to be. But Instagram, TikTok, uh, FetLife. FetLife is where you can find me and the event that I run. Um, oops. Sorry, my dog is now coughing. Um that you'll be able to tell uh, my name. There's another person that started using my name, but mine usually has a a capitalized X at the end as a nod to the St. Andrew's cross. So most people can find me at those locations. I also have direct me links um, on my TikTok if you're really curious. I really do, 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 do look her up. Um, Her TikToks are great. Um, They're -hmm. wonderful. They're very informative. Um, You do a lot of educating um, in the POC community, around the POC community and kink on TikTok. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you do. And, and, and in a very um, informative, generous way. Thank you. Um, and um, her pages are always um, pages where people are expected to be kind and courteous to each other. They can have disagreements, but no. Absolutely name calling, no big arguments and, you know, discussions, not arguments. So really well worth a look Conversations. Yeah. Conversations really well worth a look. Um, So next week uh, the letter will be uh, you and um, no, I can't tell you what it's going to be yet. Ah. I haven't decided. I know. I was curious. I was like, you. Mm. Yeah, you is always a hard one. So if you have a suggestion, even though it's the last minute, you might want to DM me (laughs) because I am always having trouble with uh, with you. You is not an easy letter to Mm. do. 
at all. Um, so I'm going to think on that too. Yeah. Any, anything you can come up with, I would be really happy because you is always really difficult. <laughs> um, all right. So do head over to my website, drlauriebethbisbee.com and pick up the holiday gift guide, which is up there now. These are my recommendations for the holiday season. Uh, keep in mind that um, almost everything in there, if not everything in there, are things that I am either very familiar with or use myself or have myself. Quite a few things are things I have myself and love or things I'm coveting. There's a couple things on there I'm coveting <laughs> that I don't have yet and love. Um, and, uh, and if you really wanted to, um, to get me one of the things I was coveting, there is a wish list, an Amazon nice. wish list. Although um, the thing I covet most is not on the Amazon wish list because there's no way to put it on there. So if if you if you see it and you know what it is, you know, and you're a very generous human, send me a note. <laughs> but for the most part, um, go grab the holiday gift guide. It'll give you some great suggestions of things that you can get for the naughty and nice on your list. And um, we'll put you on my mailing list so that you know what I'm doing next. Um, I'm doing most of my lives on Instagram these days and on TikTok rather than on Facebook because... Um, yeah, it's, a, it's an easier process and the interaction is better and I'm having more fun. And I'm also on the Moan app, which is a sex positive uh, voice app. Um, and I'm doing regular casts on the Moan app. So check me out there. Nice. See y'all next week. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. My it's pleasure. It's so fun to talk to you. You too. <laughs> 